You're listening to Mind Over Motherhood. Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast, your new favorite show for all things mindset, motherhood, and mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Curly Crew, a mom of twin girls, modern day nomad, and MD psychotherapist specializing in women's mental health. I believe that life is full of challenges that can hold you back from being the best version of yourself and living your most incredible life. Your mind shouldn't be one of those things. So listen in each week as I share practical tips and expert strategies to help you manage your mindset, improve your mental health, and be the woman and mother you've always known you could be. So grab a cup of something delicious and let's dive in. Welcome back to Mind Over Motherhood, and I am super excited for you to be listening to this episode because in this episode, I'm going to be answering a listener question about managing your to-do list and how to manage, you know, an overwhelming task list while getting things done, um, but not feeling completely overwhelmed and not burning yourself out. And how do I do that? Right? Because if you've been in my world for a while, you might have noticed I do quite a few things, right? So I create content, I work, you know, in corporate contracts, I do speaking, I have a podcast, I run a clinic, I locum, I do quite a few things. And by no means am I proposing that you have to do all sorts of things um, ever, right? You don't have to be as busy as I am. But in the fact that I do all of these things, I have developed quite a few skills to help me, you know, prioritize the most important tasks, get everything done, remain organized, and protect my time and energy. Um, And so I wanted to share this episode. It'll probably be like a little bit of a longer answer. In fact, it'll take up this entire episode. But I thought it was a great question. And I really am excited to share what I do. And admittedly, I hadn't really thought about how I do this, how I manage all of my tasks and all of my kind of like things that I need to do in my various domains of my life until someone asked me. And so then I actually sat down and broke it down and I'm excited to share it with you today. And so I have a few comments before we dive in to the actual strategies. And as you know, I mean, this podcast is all about mental health, motherhood, and mindset. And so it's really important always when we're looking at, say, improving an area of our life. So in this particular episode, we're discussing kind of time management and productivity, but depending on whatever episode or sorry, whichever domain of your life you're trying to improve in a personal development sense, right? It's always really important to step back and ask yourself, why are you doing these improvements? And um, to make sure you have the right mindset about it. Okay. So in this case, sometimes the mindset around how do I be more efficient? How do I manage my time better? is coming from almost a perfectionist drive to achieve and accomplish more right? And that's really easy to have because admittedly, we live in a productivity obsessed culture that glamorizes us getting more done, right? And so when we live in that culture, and perhaps even if we were raised, you know, with some, you know, different strategies that caused us to be a bit perfectionistic and want to be very achievement focused, which many women I speak to feel like this, um, 
that can lead us to, uh, you know, expect that we just need to get more done, more done, more done, more done, more done all the time. There's never enough that, you know, never enough time. We always have more to do that sort of kind of like rushed hustle mindset. Okay. And, and I want to first, before I dive into the strategies, I really want to shift that mindset and provide you with just an alternate way of thinking about productivity and getting tasks done that I hope will help you release a little bit of that need to get more things done, right? So if you're somebody who just loves making a to-do list and like loves checking things off and just, you know, has that achievement high every time you're checking that box, like there's no shame in that. That is me. I still love that. I still love doing that. But it is really important to, you know, be mindful of that um, almost obsession, borderline obsession with achievement and accomplishment. Okay. Be aware of that and then seek to shift out of it. And one way that I've done this for myself and that I'm going to share with you is the realization that my brain being that it has perfectionist tendencies always wants to finish the list always wants to check everything off, always wants to have all the tasks done, right? It's like this hunger inside of my brain that is like, nope, we're not done. Nope, we're not done. Nope, we're not done. And it just pushes and pushes and pushes constantly. And the trick of realizing is that that is just a brain habit. That's not actually necessarily a a positive or productive way to be. And instead, I've been really mindful of understanding that what needs to drive me in my task management and in my kind of organization strategies is understanding that my time and my energy are finite, right? And further to that, the inbox is never empty, meaning the to-do list is never ending. Like, ever ending, right? So even if you were like, I have 15 things to do on my list and say, you have a really amazing day, you get it all checked off. Like, is that to-do list going to be empty for the rest of your life? No, of course not, right? Life's going to go on. Things are going to happen. You're going to always have things coming to you. There's always going to be new tasks, okay? So if there's always going to be new tasks and you kind of let your perfectionist or your like achievement obsession go freely driving your behavior, you will never stop working. You will never stop trying to get things done. You will never relax. You will always feel this like pressure because like there's just more to do. I can never finish it. I can never finish it. So it's really important to recognize that yes, there's always going to be things. There's always going to be things. The inbox is never empty. There's always going to be something else to do. And instead of trying to get the things done, guide your behavior based on how much time, how much energy do I actually have to get these things done? Because there's always going to be something. There's always going to be something to do, right? So how much do I want to do today? Is this where I want to put my time today? Is this where I want to put my energy? Is this my priority? So a bit of a mindset shift, right? Away from, I need to get it all done because we might not, we'll likely never get it all done. So we should just stop trying to get it all done and instead choose how we direct our time and our focus based on what's my energy like, and what's my time management like, right? How, how much time do I have? So that's kind of one of the first just comments I want to make about this sort of time management and productivity work, because we can come at it at, at a little bit of a, um, 
an unhealthy way. If we're like, I need to get more productivity and more time management strategies so I can just get more done so I can get my list empty. So I get right. Like that's kind of like the hustle mindset that leads to burnout. Instead, it's like, okay, I want to be more efficient. I want to learn these strategies because I know my list is never empty. My inbox is never empty. So how do I make sure I'm getting the right things done with the energy and still having time for downtime and rest and relaxation, all the important things, spending time with family. Okay. So I hope that's clear at first, but I, um, I'm always big about like, let's talk about mindsets, right? A mindset. And what is our mindset in this goal? And how can you manage your to-dos while preserving your own energy and your time? Because something I've often said to my clients is that I want you to protect the resource and you are the resource. Okay. Your job, especially if you are a mother or not, just like a woman, you have a business. We are often kind of like the glue for our lives, right? We're the glue for our families. We hold everyone together. And if you're a mom and you're listening to this, you're like, yeah, I'm the glue, right? Like, yeah, we have a partner and we might have some support, but really you're the glue, right? And so you are the resource. And if we are not being very conscious about protecting the resource, meaning protecting the time, protecting the energy of the resource, it will deplete. It will be burned out. It will be overstretched. You will feel anxious. You will feel resentful. You will feel exhausted. You will burn out because you have not been mindful about protecting the resource. Okay. So I often say protect the resource and the resource is you. So how can we do the things we need to do while still protecting the resource? And this is the mission of this episode. Okay. I'm going to quickly get a little drink of water here. Okay. So first of all, many women who I work with um, love lists. And don't get me wrong, I love lists. I'm a list maker. I love lists. Um, And there's not necessarily an inherent problem with lists, but lists can become beasts in themselves and they can become quite overwhelming in themselves. And so if you are a list maker, I want to just give you a few strategies for helping you kind of make sure your list includes the most important things and pare down your list. Okay. How to pare down your list. So, and these strategies that I'm going to share with you kind of go from like simple to a little bit more complex or advanced, but pick and choose whichever ones seem to work for you. I don't propose to say that everything I do is going to work for everyone, but I love to provide some ideas and different strategies that maybe you haven't heard before to help you meet your goals. Okay. So the first one I'm going to talk about is called the 3D strategy. I often use this with clients who are feeling overwhelmed and I call it the 3D strategy of overwhelm. And um, the three D's of the strategy are to um, defer, delegate, and ditch. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit about delegate a little bit later specifically, but the first one is defer. Okay. So if you say you have a hundred things on your list, first of all, let's step back. If you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like, I just have so much to do and it's all in my brain and it's really overwhelming me, like first things first, write all that shit down, okay? Literally sit down and brain dump every single thing you can possibly think of that is rattling around in that brain that you need to do. That's going to be the first strategy because you're taking up very valuable brain bandwidth, holding all that stuff in your head. So let's take it out. Let's empty it out, get a piece of paper, whatever, write every single thing you can think of down. Okay. Then when you go through the list, I want you to use the 3D strategy. First, I want you to go through and I want you to be brutally honest about everything that you 
actually don't have to do, okay? That you can ditch off your list. And so sometimes as women, we are very creative and we come up with things that we all of a sudden feel like we just have to do, right? Like I just have to reorganize the front closet. I have to. And it's like, really? Like if you're feeling taxed for resources and you're feeling tired and burnt out and stressed and anxious, like do you, do you actually have to do that thing? Okay. So be really, really, really honest with yourself and go through and cross out everything that you can ditch off your list. Okay. If you're not sure if you can ditch something, you're not comfortable completely deleting something off of your list, then I want you to go through and I want you to say, well, what can I delegate? What can I delegate to someone else? Delegation means giving a task that is on your list to someone else who can do it. Okay. And like I said, I'm going to comment a little bit more about delegation a little later. So I'm just going to pause delegation. We'll come back to it. And then the third one is what can you defer? Okay. Deferring means pushing things later. What doesn't need to be done right now? When we're feeling overwhelmed, it's often because everything seems like the priority of all the tasks is equal. Like all the things need to be done now, they're all in equal importance. And that typically is a cognitive distortion. And so instead, I want you to ask yourself, do I need to do this now? And you can even say, do I need to do this in the next month? And if you're like, hmm, no, maybe I don't need to do that in this month. Like, okay, perfect. Defer that, right? And defer that to later. Let's focus on the things that we absolutely have to do right now and that you specifically have to do. Okay. So I really love the 3D strategy. It helps to kind of funnel through your to-do list and and figure out what do I actually need to do that someone else can't do and that needs to be done now. And then you focus on those things. Okay. Understanding, of course, that there's probably always going to be more things. So you try to do as many of those things as is possible and smart for you with protecting your energy and time. Okay. Another strategy that can be used in combination with the 3D strategy. Okay, so moving on to our second strategy, um, which is another one of my favorite strategies that I recommend when you are feeling overwhelmed with your to-do list. And it is called the Eisenhower grid. And now you may have heard of the Eisenhower grid before. This is not my strategy. It is obviously named Eisenhower grid because somebody named Eisenhower probably made it. But What I love about the Eisenhower grid is it's another way to kind of sieve through your to-do list and help you focus your energy and attention on the most important tasks. So I'll break it down and then you can look it up on Google um, to get a little bit more details if you need to. It's pretty simple though. So basically what you would do is you have your big old list that you brain dumped out of all the things you want to do or have to do. And then you are going to create another list that will... um, or sorry, not another list, sorry, a quadrant. So kind of like two lines in the middle of the page, dividing your page into four quadrants. And in the top left quadrant, I want you to write urgent and important. And those are obviously for tasks that are time limited, right? And you can pick the amount of time. So maybe you're like, okay, uh, time limited is within the next month or time limited is within the next week or time limited is what do I have to do today? Which really depends on how you're feeling, right? And what you're trying to work on. And then then the top right quadrant will be important, but not urgent. So these are things that, you know, are very important that need to be done, but maybe don't have a time associated with them. They can be done at some point, right? Like getting life insurance or something that you're like, yeah, that's really important, but do I have to do it today? No. Do I have to do it this week? Probably not. Okay. The bottom left quadrant is going to be urgent, but not important. And so these would be things like I, you know, uh, I have to get the dog to the groomer 
right? Is because they're going to close or I don't know, very terrible at coming up with examples on the fly, but it's something that's like time limited, but not necessarily really important. So maybe you have to like renew a subscription for a magazine before it runs out. Like that's time limited, but probably not super important in the grand scheme of things. Okay. And then the bottom right corner will be not urgent and not important. And so any tasks that are not time limited and not really that urgent or or important are going to go there. So this might be like, you know, organizing the whole closet, right? Not time limited, probably not terribly important. Um, You know, if you're time limited and energy limited and feeling overwhelmed, probably not the priority you want to be focusing on. Yeah. Okay. So then what you do is you break down all of your tasks and you put them in their respective quadrants. Okay. And then you focus on the top left quadrant, urgent and important. And you put those things on your calendar. Either you schedule them for the day or you just add them to a small list for today or whatever it is. Right. I love getting my, you know, my most urgent, my most priority tasks, figuring out when they're actually due and then scheduling them on my calendar to actually complete at some certain time during the week, right? So perhaps I know that, um, you know, I'm going to have time to do some business-related tasks on the evening of Wednesday. And so I would actually put those things in my calendar, in my Google calendar that pops up on my phone as well, to say, these are the things I need to get done in this time, okay? Really helps to break it down this way, reduces overwhelm, and eliminates the tendency of our brains to make every single task seem equal in importance and urgency, right? So when we're overwhelmed, especially, it's very common for us to think that all of the tasks and all of the things on the to-do list are just as important as all of as each other, right? And we have to do them all. Like all of a sudden, the change, you know, reorganizing the closet is as important as like bringing your daughter to the dentist, and you're like, what? It seems a bit silly. So it's really important. I love the Eisenhower grid for this, and it can really help you focus your energy and time and attention on the right strategy, on the right things. Okay. So I love that. And so then that kind of leads into time blocking. Time blocking is another amazing strategy for time management and productivity. And when I talk about time blocking, I usually talk about it in two different ways. One I call macro time blocking and one I call micro time blocking. And so macro time blocking is how you ensure that you're spending your time in the most important domains of your life. Okay. So to start, you would basically write down like, where are the four or five big umbrella locations or umbrella domains that you spend the majority of your time and energy? So this might look like, for me, it looks like work, business, those are separate because I also run obviously a business and have a job, family, self-care or personal care, and relationships right? That's also like marriage care. So that would be the time that I spend with Ryan specifically, very importantly, just for the two of us. And so those are kind of my big five domains and your domains might look different from mine. That's totally fine. The important thing is that you break down your domains. Okay. Maybe like, um, you know, spirituality and worship or prayer is a big domain in your life. You want to spend time there. Like that could be one of your domains and you don't have to keep it to five. You could do six, 10, I don't care, but try to keep it simple. Right. I would recommend like under six probably. And then what you would do, I love doing this on Sundays. You would sit down, look, 
at your week, you know, block in when do you have to be at work, right? And those would be your work times. And then how are you going to spend the rest of your time outside of your obligations, right? So outside of work or appointments, how are you going to spend that time and and kind of chunking out your schedule in big chunks. So for myself, this looks like, you know, I love getting a week spread and from about six to seven o'clock before the kids wake up, those are usually colored pink, which is my self-care. And that's the time I've cordoned off for my meditation exercise, et cetera. Okay. Then usually from about seven to eight 30, depending on when I'm starting work, I usually color those yellow, which is my color for family time. And so I know it's not the time to focus on, you know, getting things done in my business or replying to emails. It's my time that I've cordoned off for my family. It's our morning, our breakfast time, having coffee, listening to music, visiting. We really love mornings in our family. So we really prioritize those. Then, of course, I'd have work day. So if I'm in clinic, it might be like, you know, nine to four is all green because that's my color for locoming and work. And then four to seven is a usually, again, yellow for family time. And then after the kids go to bed from seven to 10, that's where it's kind of like a flex block where I might put in yellow if I'm going to be spending some time with Ryan and we're like having a date night. Or I might put in blue if I'm going to be doing some administrative work for my business or creating a podcast or something like that. And so by doing this in your whole week, it does a lot of amazing things. One, it gives everything a home, right? So if you need to do work-related tasks, they're during your work-related block. It also ensures that you're spending time in the most important domains of your life, right? You're making sure that you're prioritizing time with your family. You're actually like putting it on the calendar and you're giving yourself a brain break to just be present with your family, It's prioritizing things like being with your partner. It's prioritizing your own self-care. So it's just making sure that everything has a space, right? There's a space for everything and everything has a space. So that's kind of macro time blocking. And then on a micro time blocking, it's specifically talking about grouping similar tasks together. Okay, this might apply more so to um, to maybe your work or but it also applies at home as well. Right. So by grouping similar tasks together. So perhaps you want to um, do meal prep, right? Meal prep is a task like multiple little tasks that you might do them all in one big chunk of time rather than do a bit of meal prep, do some laundry, wash the dishes, mop the floor back to meal prep. Right. Like there's a lot of task switching in there, which not only uses a valuable cognitive resources, but is inefficient at work, micro time blocking or task batching is another phrase for it, um, is like, you know, I'm going to do all of my, you know, content creation. So all my blog writing, my podcast preparation, my book writing, all of that is going to be in one block where I'm doing some creative kind of writing. Then maybe I'm going to do graphics creation. And so that's a different type of task and requires different resources from my brain. And so I'm going to give that its own task batch. And so it's really important to do this because it allows you to be the most efficient during the time that you're working on tasks, but also eliminates kind of like cognitive resource waste. Okay. When we switch from task to task, it actually takes up cognitive resources. So our resources in our brain, and we need all of those. We need all of those to get the things done that we want to get done. So helping to focus your attention on one task is really, really helpful. And that's informed by neuroscience, right? And so it's always helpful to work with your brain rather than against it when you're trying to get things done. So look ahead when you're planning, say your work day to do similar tasks at one time. And that is helpful for productivity as well. Okay. 
I mentioned we were going to talk about delegation and delegation is a really important, okay? Delegation is basically giving someone else a task so you don't have to do it. And now there are some barriers to delegation, especially in, you know, the women I work with. And if you're listening to this, you also might have some of these barriers and, um, but it's really important to try to embrace delegation because it is really the secret weapon of many women, um, or many people who get a lot done. Right. So I will tell you hundred percent. The reason I get so much done is because I don't do all of it. Okay. And I am very proud of that fact. I have become a very good delegator. Sometimes it's still hard, but with practice, it gets easier. So what are some of the most common barriers to delegation? So for one, women have often been conditioned to believe that they need to do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, I love you very much, but that's not true. Like we need to ditch that. That is keeping us like completely burnt out, completely overwhelmed. You know, it's just, it's, it's an old story that isn't serving us anymore. We are not meant to do life alone. We are not meant to raise babies by ourselves. We are not meant to run households by ourselves. Okay, so we are not meant to do it all alone. So super important to try to let go of that false belief that you have to do everything by yourself because it's holding you back and it's burning you out and it's preventing you from being more efficient. Okay, and more productive and more relaxed. Okay, because you're burning yourself out. You're burning the candle both ends. Okay, next barrier to delegation. People don't do things as well as you. Okay. So if you're a perfectionist, you probably are particular about how things are done. And this might look like how, you know, your house is cleaned or how, you know, your laundry's folded or how work is done, whatever, you know, we each have our own things we're particular about. That's okay. But I love you, but this will prevent you from delegating them. If you believe that others cannot do it as well as you. and my question to you is that how do you expect anyone to learn how to do things better or to do things to your expectations if you do not give them the opportunity to try? Okay. So I hear this from women a lot. They'll have maybe like adolescent kids or teenagers in their house and a partner maybe, and they're doing literally every task. They're like doing laundry, they're cooking, they're cleaning, they're doing all the things. And I'm like, dude, you have able-bodied human beings in your household who can do that. And often the retort is, but they don't do it like I do. And it just causes more work for me. And that story will literally burn you the hell out. Okay. So we need to let go a little bit. We need to understand that, you know, things don't have to be done perfectly all the time. They don't have to be done to our exact standard all the time. And in fact, I would encourage you to leave things undone or let your family members do a task and have it not be so you're to your standard so that you can challenge your perfectionism because perfectionism tells us that everything has to be the way we want it. It has to be perfect or we can't relax. And by, you know, going behind your family members and doing it to your own standard, you're only reinforcing that habit. Sorry, not sorry. Okay. So you also can't really help them learn how to do the things you want the way you want them or the way they do them if you don't let them do it. Okay. So really, really, really understanding that holding on to that story of like, I, uh, they can't do it the way I do it and I can't stand it. Like that's literally keeping you burned out. It's literally keeping you overwhelmed. It's also probably making you exhausted and annoyed and resentful. 
Okay. Harsh truth. The other barrier I see, and this admittedly was a barrier for myself to delegate things, was the idea that the upfront investment in my time and energy was more than it needed to be. So this sounds like it'll take me longer to explain it to them than if I just do it myself. Does that sound familiar? Because it sure was my story for a long time. It's the reason why I didn't hire someone in my business to help me because I can just do it quicker. And that honestly is probably true, right? Like there's probably lots of things that you are faster than other people at, and that's totally fine. However, if it's a task that you specifically do not need to do, you just do it fast, you're still using your own time to do it right? So delegation is about giving somebody else a task. So you don't actually have to do your, use your own time to do that task. And now you're right is that it might take you a little bit more time up front to train the person or to explain it to them or to show them how to do it. But for more time investment up front, initially, you're actually over time going to get a lot more time back because when you don't have to do that task anymore, because somebody else is completely doing it for you and you've trained them to do it, voila, now you don't have to do it at all. Okay. So that's even just a kind of a barrier that I see a mindset barrier for women is that they're like, if I just fold the laundry or if I just do this thing, or if I just do the banking, or if I just do this, instead of taking the time to show someone, I'll be done it quicker, but then you're continuing, continually needing to do it all the time. Okay. So delegation, sometimes it requires us to be a bit creative and it really requires us to be honest about what requires us the resource to actually do it okay because we like to kind of i love this i love you but we we sometimes uh falsely believe that we have to do everything like us individually have to do everything like i said see earlier point and we don't other people can probably do things right especially in if you run a business like i do i've been practicing delegating um, more and more because my time as the CEO of my company is very limited and I don't want to be spending it doing tasks that I don't have to do. Right. I want other people with the skills to do it and I leave it to them. And then I learn to trust them. And we learn through this process together, um, because I don't want to do all the things. And so I've had to be very creative about delegation in your personal life or your family life. Delegation can also look like, you know, ordering your groceries online. So someone else does the shopping. Maybe they even get delivered. It might look like hiring a dog walker, right? Dropping your dog off at a groomer rather than bathing it yourself. Um, Childcare. You can delegate childcare, right? Um, Having someone come into your house or, you know, if your kids go to daycare, if you can afford it. It doesn't always have to be things that you have to pay for either. Delegating can look like delegating meal prep to, you know, your teenager for, you know, the family's meals. And a lot of women, I can hear them already. Oh, my kids won't do that. Well, like, we just need to keep trying. We need to keep encouraging, not forcing, not begging, not demanding, but we need to, you know, really keep in the forefront of our minds. The reason why we are trying to delegate is to protect the resource. Okay. So going back, protecting the resource, you are the resource, you are the glue. So if you are spread all over, quite literally as the glue, there's nothing holding the family together anymore. So we need to protect the resource and protecting the resource means giving things that you do not specifically have to do to other people. Okay. Delegation is a huge time management strategy. Delegation is a huge productivity strategy. Okay. It's also a big mental health strategy because we hold all the things in our brains and that overwhelms our cognitive circuits and it causes us to feel exhausted and low mood and resentful, blah, 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 the laundry list. 
Okay. Okay. So those are some of my fave strategies for managing time and being smart and productive, not just being more productive, but being intelligently productive. Okay. Um, And then one of the ones that I want to kind of put out there as well, that I absolutely love and have pretty much started using the last six to eight months, I would say, but it has really become a daily task or sorry, a daily thing I use is a task management tool, task management app. So I use Asana, um, which is a free task management app that is great for managing projects with team members. Um, if you have a team or just managing your like, you know, family tasks between you and your partner. So Ryan and I use it on different family tasks when we're planning like travel trips or whatever, and we need to assign other things to each other. Um, it's, it's a nice central kind of repository of all of the tasks I have to do in my entire life. And so I really love Asana. It can be broken down into kind of like projects and then tasks. And what I love specifically about it or a management tool like this is that you can assign a due date to something so that all the tasks are not showing up like in one giant list. They're like, oh, you have five tasks today. Perfect. I can do those five things that I have scheduled for myself. I love that. The other thing that I love about a task management tool is, again, as you've heard me say, I'm all about bandwidth and trying to remember to do things, right? Oh, like I need to remember to put that on the grocery list and I need to remember to pick that up when I go here and I need to remember to do this. Oh, and not dad's birthday is coming up. I need to, right? Holding all that in your brain, it takes up bandwidth. And so I'm a big fan of having something on my phone that I can grab at almost any time and pop my little to-do in, assign it to a date and know that it's not being used up by my brain anymore, right? And then it's going to pop up on the date that I need it. So there's lots of different options. Trello, Asana, I think ClickUp is another one. You could literally just use like Todoist, which is a to-do man, a to-do list app. Um, but it's just, I don't think it has a, a date. Maybe it does. Um, or even just a notes app, right? But again, just be mindful of the hazard of like just a blank notes document with 3000 to-dos on it. I have a client who mentioned that to me before. She just has a running to-do list because that literally fuels that sense that you can never relax because there's always so much to do. Okay. So be smart about how you're managing your tasks, right? Understand that you're never going to not have something to do. So instead use your energy and your time, right? How much time, how much energy, and do I actually need to be doing this task? right? As kind of, you know, some guides and benchmarks on whether you get that task done, whether you do it, when you do it, how you do it. Okay. Using some time blocking strategies to be smart with your time, you know, and then also making sure you're prioritizing the things that are most important. Okay. And, um, and then, yeah, try out some of these task management tools. So, um, Asana is a great place to start. I have used Trello before as well, and that's free also. So there's phone and desktop apps or laptop apps or whatever. So I hope this has been helpful. This has been a really fun episode to answer this question about how do you manage, you know, an ongoing to-do list? How do you balance your time between work and, you know, getting things done? And I hope this has been helpful. As always, I don't propose strategies that I think will work for every single person, okay? So if you're listening to this and you're like, that sounds dumb, just don't listen to it. I don't care, right? Like, I just want to give you ideas as things that might be helpful to you. Give them a try. And if you've listened to this episode and you're like, oh my God, these are amazing and you want to try one, please let me know how it goes. Like, send me a message on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys. I love, you know, I tried this and it worked amazing and, you know, I loved it. Thank you. You know, something like that would be just awesome to hear from 
from you. And if you have other ideas as well that I have not mentioned or that I haven't thought about that you love, please share it. And I would love to share those with my audience as well, with my community. And um, I'm just really excited that you had a good listen to this podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you loved it, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps our podcast reach more people. And thank you for listening. We will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Mind Over Motherhood. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could take a screenshot, tag me, and share it on your socials so I know that you're listening. If you have questions or concerns about anything I discussed in this episode or have ideas for new episodes, please reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Catch you next time.